0: Welcome to The Slide Deck, the podcast powered by 180 Degrees Consulting Helsinki. The podcast is founded to inspire and motivate young professionals who would like to pursue the career in management consulting while making a social impact. My name is Ming Nguyen, the host for this episode. Our guest today is Anh Huynh. She is currently working at BCG Boston Consulting Group. She is also the co-founder of the Helsinki branch. Before BCG, she has worked at Accenture and Redo, which is a boutique consultancy. With her extensive experience in management consulting, Ang will share with us her practical tips and tricks of how to wrap an excellent application to this industry. Ang, welcome to the slide deck. Hi, Bay, Thanks so much for having me today.
1: Really. Really glad to be here with you guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time. So maybe first, let's introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. So uh, my name is An and uh, I'm from, originally I'm from Vietnam. I came
1: to Finland for my uh, study at the university. So I had a master in uh, strategy at Aalto University Business School. And I also did a double degree with the same program exchange in Sydney. After I graduated, I, uh, I started my management consulting career, first with Accenture Strategy. And as, men, uh, as me mentioned earlier, I started at BCG last year.
0: I'm super excited to have the discussion with you because I'm also a SMC. So let's start with an icebreaker question. So all the guests here will have a question that, that you don't know before. So when you were small, what occupation you want to have and why?
1: So, so when i was small like really really young i think i wanted to be a flight attendant the the reason is simple i, I thought that if i'm I'm a flight attendant and i would be able to fly and to travel to different places and then i grew up and and I, i'm too short so <laughs> i never meet the the height kind of like a requirement so that never become true but still in my dream of traveling around the world and and seeing the different places, I, I, I'm I still able to do it nowadays. So in a way, I didn't get to do the job that I thought I would do. But the reason behind it, I, I think I, I still managed to do it.
0: It's so interesting when you said that you wanted to be a flight attendant because I wanted myself too. But then I think in secondary school, when I stopped growing taller, I said that, yeah, maybe let's skip that because I'm, I'm not tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the basic requirements. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I
1: don't, I don't meet that. So, so yeah, that's, that would will never become true.
0: <laughs> but it's very nice that we share the same dreams when we were small. But now let's move on to your journey of management consulting. When do you want to know that you want to pursue management consulting and what kind of expectation that you have for this industry? So uh, in my bachelor,
1: my major is actually in marketing. So when I was uh, in my bachelor, I thought that I wanted to work in a marketing department. And then I did an internship at Lufthansa Cargo in Germany. And I think that that was the kind of like the turning point for me because uh, I did like my, my thesis for the strategy department about a change management journey and then get to interview the top manager, get to interview the employees. That, that was really a turning point for me because I realized that I really like this kind of topics that, you know, a little bit broader. That you can see the entire organization where it's heading to instead of like being specifically to each of the functions and just doing the type of work that's particular for that uh, department. So yeah, so I think the main reason is that I I realized to see this whole big picture and, and just like more from a strategic level.
0: Okay. There is a saying that management consultants are like journalists, meaning that there's little specialization in the industry since you have been working for a while. Do you think it's true? I I would say that this is quite true. I I still think that it is a very good career choice for me
1: because uh, I get to do with different topics and different industries. So it's a lot about problem solving, uh, looking at it from from a different perspective, looking at it from a, a more top management level definitely I, I would say that it's really how I imagine it to be
0: it is super that you found a career that you really like so how was your application journey to management consultancies
1: so I knew that I wanted to to work in a management consulting when I started my master's degree so that was around 2015 and and I also knew that with my bachelor in marketing that was it has nothing to do with management consulting so I started my preparation process like quite early on if I look back, I think in my first year of ma- of master, I was already involved with AMCA, so the Management Consulting Association. So started like the very first step of pre- uh, preparing for the case interview because case interview is at the essence. That is a must-have and you need to be able to do that in if you wanted to get into management consulting. With all this case prep, I think in the beginning, I didn't know how to do it. So the way that we did it is actually we did it in within a group of three. So there's always an interviewer, there's an interviewee, and then the observer. So the observer would be able to, to kind of like observe like how the process goes and then give a feedback and then we rotate. So that that was how how I did it. And I, I did it with like friends. Amca was a kind of like forum back then to, to find people that share the same interests and then you would do it together. And then later on, when I'm a little bit more experienced, I would just reach out to the the actual consultants from companies that I I want to to apply to and ask and just reach out and say like, hey, I'm really interested in your company. And would it be okay? We can have a coffee break. I'd like to ask a couple more questions. And if you have time, would be great to have like a a mock interview. So that essentially uh, the preparation that I did to prepare for the interview. And I would say that, I mean, the earlier you start, the better it is because then you don't have time pressure and then you also kind of can improve with time. There's no need to do, you know, like hundreds of cases that, that absolutely no need to do that. But it's, it's a good to get familiar with the process um, and how it goes and also notice how you kind of form under the pressure. And then another thing that I also did, not exactly for the case interview, but kind of like prepare, you know, my profile, my CV so that it looks a bit more attractive when I apply, is to participate in case competition. I think it was also a very good experience to learn how to practice the case, how to present. And in any case, it's something nice to put on your CV, especially when you're a student that you don't have a lot of experience to show for.
0: Mm, so there are essentially two areas that you focus on when you're drafting the application. First is the case interview and second is your CV, your application. I'm curious, how did you draft your CV to apply to management consultancies? Because as you said, your background is for marketing, so very different from the target majors uh, of management consultancies, right? Which is finance and engineering background. So how did you prepare for that?
1: If you have like a background in, let's say administration or marketing or like accounting, which is not exactly the kind of the profile that the company is looking for. So at least for me, it's not so much about tweaking uh, what I already did, but it's more about adding the new experiences that are more relevant. Honestly, when I, in, during my first master degree, uh, or like my first year in my master degree, when I applied for an internship in, in, in companies, I, did, I didn't even hear back from them. Like I, I didn't even get an interview. And that's when I know that okay, so my profile is absolutely not what they're looking for. So what I did instead is that I was uh, involved with uh, Auto Management Consulting uh, Association. Then I also started 180 Degrees, which is also the gist of it is that you 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 do consulting projects for NGOs. And then I did case competition. And then and then after, after I get to the second year of my master. And I adding extracurriculum activities and I, I adding like case projects I, I did for companies or case competition. So all those other activities, then now I fill them in with a very clear like, OK, I'm really interested in management consulting. And that's why I'm doing this all, all these kind of things to show that I'm interested in it.
0: I think what you said can not only apply to management consulting, but also other industries when the students do not have the perfect background. Right. So now bring it back to the perspective. So if a student with a non-target major who still want to apply into management consultancies, they can add more relevant activities such as a case competition, joining case club or having you no know, consulting experience. Is, is that what you said? right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you have to have your GPA high, one of the criteria. And then I would say that as soon as you can apply for internships, I would say that you don't even have to go, you know, for the top-tier company internship. I mean, go for it if you can. But I would say that just apply to all the companies, all the options that are available, from Big Four to the MBB to the boutique consulting companies. It doesn't really, actually, it doesn't really matter because it's an internship, and it's, it's something that is good to put on your CV. But also for yourself, it's, it's a good opportunity for you to kind of test it like, am i actually really interested in this is that a, is it really a good fit as well so apply to as many internships as possible and i noticed some of my colleagues in uh, like my Finnish uh, colleagues at the company they did more than one internship but let's say they did one for some particular local consulting then the next one they did it would be like let's say for w- one of the big four in, in their advisory and then the full time job now would be uh, among the MBB, for example. So just kind of like go step by step. And if you apply for MBB and then and and then they don't reply to you, you don't even get an interview invitation. Like don't be discouraged. It's just it's just gonna be step by step. And if you're still early in your in your study, you have time. So there's no hurry and there's no worry about it.
0: Mm, so the earlier you prepare, the better because then you have more experience. What I hear from your story is that you are very strategic about the next step that you want to take, like you know exactly what activities would be relevant and what is not, and you're basically committed to do those activities. Yes, exactly, because I mean, unless you, you know, like if you study from,
1: let's say, finance or industrial engineering management, uh, well, then it's, it's quite straightforward because I, my companies, for example, we have had interns that are still in the bachelor already did their internship with one of the MBV companies, for example. But then then your journey is straightforward because you are already on the right path, so to say. But when you're not, then well, I think being aware that you're not is, is a good step. And then the second step is just you're gonna have to do correcting actions so that it would, you know, that you will be on the right path to towards that career. I mean it is the same. Like now with my C V, if I go and I apply for creative in marketing. I wouldn't even get an interview because they would look at me and they're (laughs) like okay i don't see anything relevant i don't i don't even know why you're interested in us i don't even know what kind of skills you're going to be able to offer to us so that actually applies to any of the job that 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 you're interested in Uh, whatever step that you prepare whether it's extracurricular activities whether it's something you do in your hobby um internship is it needs to kind of be gearing towards in that direction and, and you i don't think it, it would be very beneficial if you just like oh i take whatever internship that come my way and then I, I see how it goes but it might work if you end up actually really liking the the industry that you're doing and it just by chance um that you that is a good fit but if you already have in mind that okay this is the industry i'm looking at this is the, the kind of position that I, I want to do. Then I think taking actions and be selective and, you know, like in, in the kind of activities that you do is always, always a plus.
0: That is very interesting. So now let's talk specifically about the CV. So, what is the structure of a CV for management consultancies? And since have your background in marketing, is a marketing CV very different from a consultant CV? I wouldn't say so. I think I have the same, literally the same kind of CV
1: template since I applied for my first internship at Lufthansa. I think the main things people, I think people think, overthink about the CV a little bit. That they, they were like, okay, I need to make it fancy. I need to have like Harvey Ball and I had to make it look nice and whatever. But if you think about it from the perspective of the people who read the, the CV, you know like if you follow the standard cv you make it so much easier for them to find the information that they need and that is more kind of from a marketing point of view i like to say that you you think from the user oriented having it standard having it very clear is it, a plus because just make it easier for the, the person who read it make it easier for you to to write it as well and the way i do it is that i always have kind of like a very short Profile, like recap, maybe like one or two sentences, just to say, okay, this is who I am and this is my strength and this is what I'm interested in. And then I would go down and I would start with well, as a student, you don't have a lot of experience. So then the, the section then would be your education. And then after that, you would be some internship work experience. And then after that would be extracurricular activities. And then after that would be just some personal interest or like some extra skills like language and so on. I would say that you would have it from the the, the reverse order. So basically the latest experience would come first and, and then you go backward. And the way I wrote my my CVs is I always keep it in, uh, in one page, no more than one page. At, at one point, of course, and you have a lot more experience and you you gain a lot more of the things, then you'll be able to take out the things that are not so relevant anymore. I understand that as a, as a student, you don't really have a lot to show for. So whatever activity, whatever case project, uh, put it in there for uh, just to show that, uh, that you are active and show that you're interested in learning new things. Mm. But then when you get a bit more experience as well, for example, me now that I'm, I've been working a couple of years, right after the profile, it would come the work experience and then the education comes after. So that would be how how I would structure my my CV. And then one more tip that I would say is that be quantifiable as in, for example, let's say if you, if you have a good grade, put it in there, like, okay, this is my GPA. And if you go for exchange, for example, with a different grading system, for example, I know in Germany, one is actually the best and five is the worst, which is the opposite with Finland. And if you have a really good grade and you have to put it in there and put it in a bracket, this is excellent, for example. Um, And then also be quantifiable in the activities that you do. Like if you are leading some kind of student organization, then be very specific that I lead a team of five members and we're able to achieve uh, an increase of XX number of members or like XX number of a budget to be quantifiable. That would basically be standard, write the most relevant experience first and and be quantifiable.
0: That's very practical what you said for, for the audience. I have a question regarding the CV when you're contributing to a team. So how did you actually quantify your contribution when you are not the team leader, but just a team member? Because I think for example, if you are a team member of a project, it's easier to write it on the CV, right? Like I led a team of five, but how would you do it if you are just a team member in the project?
1: Mm, so at least two things i mean it, it needs to be a sizable team project right like it cannot just an assignment a school. well then that's that doesn't really make sense to kind of like putting it uh, on a separate role but if let's say if you're in a very sizable project and you are one of the team members then you can just Instead of saying leading, then you can also like you're driving the analysis or like working uh, in the in a multicultural team and uh, achieving this and that and that result. So it, it, you don't need to be the leading. And also, for example, when you say you're leading the team, that normally, in my example, it comes with the actual title, like you're, you're president of a student organization. But if it's just a normal project you do in a big team but it lasts for a couple of months, it's quite sizable, then I think it's totally fine to say that I work in a multicultural team. But then try to use a a very actionable
0: wording, like driving, shaping, achieving, it sounds better. I think it's great. That's brilliant. Thanks a lot for the practical tips. In the beginning, you did mention that you reach out to consultants and ask for a mock interview. I'm very curious. Could you elaborate on that process a little bit? Because I'm sure that how to do networking right is very important. So two
1: things that I would say. The first thing is that people are happy to help. Honestly, people reach out to me via LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer any of the questions. Happy to take a call to answer any of the questions related to the company. It's kind of like our part of our responsibility, you know, to promote the company and trying to get applica- applicants and for internship or like full time. So there's no need to worry that people would just ignore you. Or like if they don't answer, it normally it means that they're busy and they, they, they haven't seen the message. So there's no need to, you know, like hold yourself back or anything. The other thing that I think is very important when it comes to networking is that it's really honestly it's the mindset so you meet someone coffee and then your mindset is sort of like oh i hope that they would give me um, an interview invitation that would never happen like honestly they for at least for for big companies there's a formal process they might be able to refer you but that is not guaranteed especially for example now if i just meet you for the first time or the second time i don't know who you are i don't know your skills i wouldn't be able to make a referral so the mindset, you know, like if you come into the meeting and you expect something in return, like a referral or like an interview invitation, that would not work. And, and it would also affect to, your, to how you approach the, the, the networking. My advice is that instead you go to the networking with the intention to learn more about the company, to learn more like, so how does it work? How is the people how is the team? How and ask for that person, like, how do you like it? You know, like what is the things that you know you don't like so much about your job? What do you, what kind of advice you have for people that are applying to the company? So going there with the intention that you're really interested in this company and you wanted to learn more about it. So you so that would help you in your application process. And I think when you have that mentality with that mindset, it makes it so much easier for you to even reach out because you're not asking anything from that person you just basically show that you're interested and you want to learn more and and that makes it really easy to to send to send like hey i'm i'm doing sense and i saw that you're also uh, a sensei before and i see that you're working in this company I would really love to to learn more about it. Would you have time for a fifteen minutes call or like a coffee break? I think that's totally easy to do. And also, you don't have to meet just one person. You can meet like multiple person from that company. And that's what I did. I think I, I met like from, from different channels, of course, like But I met like uh, two three people from, from that company uh, in order in order to learn more about what's the culture like. Because also like when you talk to the people also get a vibe and you would be like okay if this is a person like this and this is his attitude or her attitude do i really want to be part of that company it's actually a two-way you know exchange so so don't forget about that and, and i mean i mean the trick is always that you you're trying to find something in common you know like let's say they're studying the same program or or like something in common with them it makes it also easier And when you send a a request to be friends, send like also like a a message like Hi, my name is this. This is my background. I'm really interested in your company and I would love to learn more. Like just, you know, like a very short introduction message, make it easier for them to apply to you.
0: I think that is very excellent because to me, networking is always intimidating. But now for your practical tips, I think I can apply it right today. Mm, We also have a question about the cover letter. Do you think in management consultancies, uh, candidates should pay a lot of attention to the cover letter? And is it more important than the CV? I don't really know
1: because I, I am, I'm not part of the, um, you know, interviewing and, um, and selecting the application process. Well, I would say that the CV shows a lot about what you do. But I mean, it doesn't hurt to put a bit of an effort in your, in your application letter. And of course, uh, you always need to, to kind of trick it a little bit so that it, it would match to the company that you're applying for. So in the in the first paragraph, I would kind of mention one or two sentences why this company is interested for me, like why, why I find this company interesting. Then I mentioned, okay, so these are the three skills that I think it would be very beneficial or like make me a good fit for the company. And then each of the paragraph underneath, I would just say, okay, so this is the skill, this is what I did, this is the result. And you do that and then you, then you conclude it that, okay, I think that I would be uh, a really good match for for the company. And the nice thing is that when you apply for the same industry, so to say, the skills that you mentioned, whether it's like problem solving or communication or working in international teams, those are kind of like universal, so to say. You don't have to change the main part of the paragraph. The only thing that you need to do is just change the first (laughs) paragraph that why this company is interested for me. and again like this is not something that i can say for sure but i think at the end that your cv is is important because it shows the activities that you do it shows your grades it's you know it shows your professional profile so Mm. so i I always say the cv is important and also uh, kind of update your linkedin profile as well because sometimes the recruiter would kind of go and, and check it I, I think cover letter is important in a way that you cannot skip it you you will need to have it they will ask for it it's a must-have and it's important in a way that you cannot have a bad one in there like if it you shows no effort in writing it it's not going to be good but in again the then at the same time it's not as important that you will spend days or weeks in drafting a perfect cover letter
0: mm, if that yeah. makes sense. I think that is very excellent because to me, networking is always intimidating. But now for your practical tips, I think I can apply it right today. Mm, We also have a question about the cover letter. Do you think in management consultancies, uh, candidates should pay a lot of attention to the cover letter? And is it more important than the CV?
1: Okay, I always said I would apply for even more internships during my master's. I think I only did one and then I, I I did like quite a lot of like extracurricular activities but like if I could do it again I probably apply for another one so then I would have like two internships before I actually applying for my my full time job I think yeah. the timing is important that so you need to, to think about it like you have to blend the timing a little bit yeah and um and yeah I like, just don't be afraid of just sending the application I think that's what I did and that's <laughs> kind of like um therefore being you know trying to be perfect is that you think that you're not good enough but then you never know if you're good enough until you actually send in your application and at the end of the day even if you don't hear back from them it's not the end of the world like if not all then you would get at least one or two uh, invites and even if you don't hear anything it's just also a feedback that maybe your cv or your motivation letter or like overall your profile it might not be yet to the standard they're looking for and it's also a great feedback for you to kind of continue to work on yourself
0: maybe one follow-up question to that point so if let's say someone applied for a company and um Yoshi got rejected would you recommend to apply again yes yes of course I don't say why not and I Mm -hmm. think when you at least at least with with the big companies
1: even if you go through the interview process and then you didn't get it they would always say that we will encourage you to reapply a year from now when you gain a bit more experience. So that is always encouraging for people to do, even if you don't get it, it doesn't mean that you know that's it. <laughs> yeah, and I hmm. think what helps is that I think what this is what I how I was when I was a student. I felt like oh I really want a job. I really need a job. I, you know, like I only see that, from my side that I want this job. But then it's actually from the other side too that the company wants people the company wants talent and the company is really really want and need people to apply so it's actually both ways so when you see that it's like when you see that it is a both way conversation or like an exchange it's way less in- intimidating it's just that normally people when people don't it's just because you know a year from now then they would get a different offer it's actually a good offer and then they would just move on to a different path but if you still really want to work for this company you still really want to go for this career by by all means please try again
0: i think you just have said an excellent point about mindset for students Normally, they have the mindset that, yes, I really need a job, not to the point of desperation, but they really want the job. Right. But then on the other side, the companies, they also want talents. So if the students could shift the mindset of this is a two way conversation, then actually the students would have much more confidence. Exactly. And companies
1: nowadays they do a lot of projects and a lot of initiatives to make companies more attractive to talent. You do have a power to, to choose as well. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that students, when you need a job, you gotta forget that you, you can also say yes or no.
0: That is very good. Anh, thank you so much for having the time today. And I hope you the best in your future endeavor. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by 180 Degrees Consulting Helsinki. If you enjoyed today's episode, connect with us on our social media platforms. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok with the name 180 Degrees Consulting Helsinki. See you in the next episode.